morning, everyone, and welcome to the morning show. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm very well. I'm just anxiously awaiting this heat that's uh, <laughs> coming today. 68 degrees right now in Jackson, and we have a heat advisory in effect until 10 p.m. tomorrow. Today will be hot. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow will be even hotter. Uh, it's expected with the humidity, it will feel like it's as hot as 100 degrees or even hotter today. And a good part of the country experiencing heat. Uh, yesterday, Texas uh, used the most uh, electricity in its entire history. <laughs> Chicago, if it hits 100 today, would be the first time in a decade that it uh, reached triple digits. And tomorrow? Even warmer. Brandon, uh, I'm suggesting you go home at 1 o'clock, crank that AC up from 2 to 7 today, get that bill going really, really high, and uh, just cool <laughs> yourself off for the night. So, no, our record high is 102, and that was in the 50s, but uh, maybe that could happen today. Uh, a lot of sports up in the air, youth sports tonight. We've got some uh, high school games we'll tell you about later, but it's just very, very, very difficult. And, uh, you know, some of these places who practice at these fields, there's no running water. So I don't really think you can, you can have the stuff tonight. Mm. Or the bathrooms. Oh, the bathrooms. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Yeah, if you don't have a bathroom. Could you imagine going in a portage on in this heat? Oh. No, it's like an oven. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Gross. Brandon, your son has a game tonight. I hope uh, you don't have to use a portage on wherever you go. The uh, bathrooms at Southwest Little League were locked yesterday, and the uh, Jackson County uh, Parks bathroom at the Cascades, it was open till 9 p.m. And it uh, says on, there's a sign inside that says, restrooms will be locked at 9 p.m. And there's a red button that says, press this button to unlock. But it's inside. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Well, you'll so have they must lock you in at 9 o'clock. It shuts we'll, uh, we'll have to uh, put that to the test. Um, some places that are open today as cooling centers, the Martin Luther King Center will be open and just regular hours, nine to five. Uh, so if you wanna go in there and uh, cool off, the Booth Center will not be open due to ongoing construction. Over at Jackson College, the Jets Hangar will be open as a cooling center today and tomorrow, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. So, yep. And the, uh, the malls and the stores, um, they usually welcome people mm -hmm. to just walk around. Yeah, stay cool. absolutely. It's uh, Flag Day today. Happy Flag Day. Happy Flag Day. On this day in 1777, the Continental Congress adopt the Stars and Stripes. And legend has it that Betsy Ross created the flag at George Washington's request. 13 stars and a blue background. That's uh, remained, uh, no, not constant. Every time a new uh, state is yeah, added? Yeah, every time. Add a new flag. Do you think we'll start. get any more states? Uh, some people think maybe Puerto Rico or the District of Columbia could become states. That was very popular chatter when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Do you think we'll lose any states? <laughs> I think a couple. Yeah, you never know. I mean, change is good sometimes. That's right. It's been a while that we've well, had all know, 50 on there. Global warming. There's a couple states that could just fall into the ocean. Yeah, that's right. One is California, where I'm going in a few weeks, and uh, I've, I've been making myself feel better by looking at what uh, flights and rental cars cost <laughs> now compared to when I 
uh, paid for the things a while ago, and it's just absolutely. Oh, they've amazing. gone up. Oh, they have. Yeah, yeah significantly. So, um, really, the rental car thing, and we've talked about that. First, it was the shortage. Now it's uh, the shortage and <laughs> inflation. So, um, if you uh, need to rent a car, there's just not many of them. There's not many large SUVs. Like if so, if you and another family are traveling and want to rent one car, no. No. There's one available in the San Francisco airport. And for the week, it is $3,050. Really? Yeah. Wow. Maybe you could buy a car. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Actually, I you, would buy a car and return it. You could buy a car, return it, and sell it back to the dealer for more money than you paid That's for. That's what it. I'm going to attempt to do <laughs> on my vacation. I think it'll be a relaxing time if I did that. But yeah, it's just crazy. Um, every little part of your vacations and travels is changing and even people if you're just going up north for the weekend there's significant change in that as well yeah well good news the uh, michigan retailers association this morning uh releasing their uh retailer confidence index and they sur surveyed retailers across the state of michigan and this is good news retailers confidence is high it's at about 70 percent so they anticipate that with the um what's that button with the um travel up north and the um, just being summer uh, that uh, they're going to see a lot of people shopping in uh, retail locations throughout the state of Michigan today. So that's that's a good economic that indicator. That would be good. Yes, yes, that would be great. Uh, another place that you can uh, stay cool today is the Michigan Theater. It's the Just for Kids movie series. It's starting today and I think yesterday I said it starts next week. It starts today. It starts today. Yeah, and it is Minions, right? Minions. Minions. Yep. Uh, the original. Yes, that's right. Yep. I think. I don't know. There's the so original? many of those movies. But I don't know. Wasn't the Minions part of a spinoff of something Despicable else? Despicable Me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Despicable Me, one, two. I think there's three, maybe four. I don't know. Um, my daughter has aged out of those. So, hey, we want to give a uh, quick congratulations on a retirement to James Bailey. And this is from all his friends and family at Bailey Excavating. Congratulations on your retirement. Bailey Excavating, most trusted name in Jackson since 1973. So uh, namely that's from John, Jordan, and Jacob. I was with uh, them the other day and they wanted to wish Jim, a happy uh, retirement. So well-deserved. Congratulations. Wow, congratulations. Uh, will Jim still pick up the mail? And I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to ask. We'll have to ask. But yeah, much, uh, much deserved retirement. Great, great company in our community. And um, we are, uh, we're honored to have them as a uh, advertiser on yes. JTV. congratulations. And uh, best wishes on your retirement. And John is not retiring, he told me. He will, he's... He's going to be working for a long, long time. Yes, he has no plans. No plans. No, no plans to retire. You know, the uh, first air-conditioned building in Jackson, you know what it was? It was not our house, I can tell you that. <laughs> it was uh, the Michigan Theater. Really? Yes, the very first air-conditioned wow. building in Jackson. That's crazy. Oh, there's the, uh, the heat map. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, most of the country is in some sort of... Uh, um, Warnings or watches today. Warnings and watches. And we have advisory. Or, we're in or the red. The orange. We're in the orange. Are we? Hillsdale's in the red. Hillsdale's in the red. We're in the orange. Mm -hmm. 
it'll be a uh, great day for uh, to walk around without a shirt off. Did or you with a shirt on? Did you wake up with the storms last night about two? In no, the um, I was able to. Uh, we we did not lose power at all, which was crazy. But so yeah, during the first wave of storms, we were just scared as a family, mm -hmm. and uh, then we fell asleep before the second wave of storms, and everything was fine. Yeah, luckily, uh, luckily. Jackson was spared. We did you know get some strong winds. That, uh, there are a uh, few scattered power outages, but uh, to our south and west, they got uh, some stronger weather and uh, had some damages as well. So yeah. the good news is with this, even though it's going to be hot, we're not expecting um, any of those hot summer day storms. That would be good. That would be good. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Heather Herndon, and Heather likes to remind us every week why she loves living in Jackson. And this week... It's Axe Play, located in downtown. Axe Play is Jackson's premier axe throwing bar. Chillax with your friends or make new ones in an exhilarating environment. A great date night or time out with family. Who doesn't like to uh, throw axes? I do. Thanks to uh, Heather Herndon cool for place. helping us bring you that segment. So yeah. many great things to do in uh, Jackson, and that's one of them. Mm -hmm. Cool place. Uh, yesterday, the uh, NFL, did you hear, they, they're a big deal. They are um, now having uh, Little Caesars as their official pizza of the National Football League. So in Detroit, if you go to a game, a Lions game, a Red Wings game, a Tigers game, the pizza, the only pizza you'll get is Little Caesars. Do you think it tastes better in the arena than it does from the store? No. I agree. I think it tastes I don't know what the they store. do in the arena. Um, it's they use more sauce. It's soggier. They use more sauce. Is it? I think that's what it is. I don't think they cook it long enough. Sometimes it's really good, though. It depends on how hungry you are. Well, <laughs> usually very. So, well, that that's exciting. Mm -hmm. Local company. I like it. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about um, before the show. You were talking about bathrooms. I was. Yeah. Um, and in uh, Massachusetts, there's a problem uh, in the subway stations, uh, particularly the elevators. Oh and boy. now, Massachusetts Bay Transportation Authority is installing urine detecting, detection sensors, urine detection sensors. And then what happens? In the elevators. I don't know. I th oh, they dispatch a cleaning crew. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Emergency cleaning crew. Right. Wow. How about that? They need one of those uh, sensors in the uh, Ann Arbor uh, parking structure elevators. Oh, no. No, 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 they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. They do not. It's hard to get out of there sometimes. Those elevators, they have glass. Uh, in in uh, Boston, they have glass doors. People as you're riding up, they could... Yeah, you just turn the other way. <laughs> well. Hey, um, last week we were talking about uh, Lammers Heating and Air Conditioning and their uh, scholarship, and uh, Lammers is proud to announce their winner of the first annual Jim and Kathy Daisy Scholarship for the Trades. And Aaron Hogue, a recent Napoleon graduate, has been awarded the first scholarship. Aaron here with uh, Lammers President Todd Daisy who uh, launched the scholarship in honor of his parents. And Aaron will study automotive tech this fall at University of Northwestern Ohio. Congratulations and good luck to Aaron and his studies. And very cool 
um, thanks to Todd and Lammers for doing that, and not e some a scholarship, and not even going into that uh, exact field, but right. uh, just Automotive. into the trades. So realize uh, it's important. Uh, a lot of people need a need a boost, need a help to uh, to get to that next step. So this is great. Yeah, there's so many uh, companies doing some creative things to keep our talent in Jackson. And we salute Lammers, uh, Jackson Commercial Contractors Association, also doing um, the same thing, scholarships for those who are interested in the trades and hopefully staying in Jackson. Uh, this weekend is? Juneteenth. Juneteenth, and we are uh, celebrating all week. And we are going to uh, take a look. We have Kevin Brown, who is visiting Tonya's new direction. Let's take a look. Hi, my name is Kevin Brown, and I'm a member of the Jackson Juneteenth Committee. When I think about Juneteenth, I reflect on not just our history, but also the strides that we have made to this point. Juneteenth is an opportunity for us to celebrate our achievements and our accomplishments, as well as to come together um, as African Americans. It has a tremendous and deep impact on our entire community, and I really do hope that you will join us. I had a chance to have a conversation with Tanya Ryan Tanner from Tanya's New Directions, and it was clear to me the tremendous dedication that she has to her craft and the commitment that she lays out for her customers. I ended up getting with um, Dina Littlejohn. Okay. That's where I first got my start. Mm -hmm. And then I was with her for a couple of years and then I decided to go off on my own. Okay. So I went off into Lanthea Brown. I don't know if anybody's f familiar with her, but she's an old time beautician okay. in Jackson. Mm -hmm. And I was on Moore Street. Okay. That's where Lanthea Brown was. Went there, was there for about three years and she come to me and told me, hey, it's time for you to move on. I'm not trying to put you out, but you need to move on and get a builder, bigger building. Okay. I thought about it and I was kind of scared and I was like, no, I can't, I can't make this move. I'm kind of scared to get out there mm -hmm. and do that. Then the next couple of weeks she came to me and she said, oh, by the way, you need to get you a vehicle too, you know, because I've been talking about that, getting sure. a vehicle and I'm scared to do that, you right. know. So finally I ventured out, got me a, a car, mm -hmm. seen everything was working okay. Then I went and went back to the building where I was at with Dina Littlejohn because okay. she had closed up and mm -hmm. I went back to that spot on Francis Street. Okay. So I was there for 17 years on the corner of Francis and Addison. And then I ventured away from there to go to Stewart. Mm -hmm. um, there 17 years. Then I left there and I ended up going out to Scruples where I'm at now. Wow. And we're back. Our show today is brought to you by Vermeulen Home 
furnishings. Now in their third generation of being family owned and operated, they pride themselves on offering high quality brand name furniture at affordable prices. Thanks to Vermeulens for helping us bring you today's show. And we talked about a, a couple games happening today in the heat. Here's our on deck. And uh, oh, it's just gonna be so, so hot. But we're uh, pulling for our local teams. D2, Northwest versus Stevensville. That's at Kalamazoo College. And then in D3, half hour uh, southeast of here, Adrian College will host Grass Lake versus Algonac. So uh, hopefully we are talking about a couple W's later today. And that's on deck. Swinging at the Shell is a summer concert series, a tradition in Albion, and it starts on July 3rd with the 566th Air Force Band of the Midwest, Swinging at the Shell. This concert series takes place at Albion's beautiful and historic Victory Park Band Shell. Come out and enjoy some good old-fashioned summertime fun. The concert series is free and open to the public <coughs> thanks to Caster Concepts, Parks Drugstore, Team One Plastics, and the Albion Community Foundation. They have shows in July and August as well, but kicking off on July 3rd at 6 p.m. Look forward to seeing you there. Awesome. We have got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to get things started with Angela Klein and Charlie Briner from the Jackson County Department of Transportation right after this break. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to The Morning Show. Our show today is brought to you by Home Study of Greater Jackson. They are a full service one-stop one shop for all of your home maintenance and repair needs. Getting your home ready to sell, have Homesteady come in, make sure everything's ready for your next buyers. Thanks Homesteady for bringing us, or helping us bring you today's show. On Flag Day. On Flag Day. Happy Flag Day. Joining us now from the Jackson County Department of Transportation, JC Dot, is the director, Angela Klein, and civil engineer and project manager, Charlie Briner. Good morning. 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 Welcome back, it's gonna be hot. The roads are gonna to buckle today. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, got a, uh, we've got a big groundbreaking tomorrow. Of course, it's gonna be hot, mm -hmm. but uh, exciting news out uh, with this Jackson Te Technology Park North. Talk a little bit about, uh, about this project. Uh, Charlie? Yeah, so it was a, a grant that the Enterprise applied for with the EDA and the whole project was based around building this industrial park on the north side of County Farm and in doing so we also uh, jumped on improving County Farm Road itself that way we could add sidewalks, widen the roadway, redo the surface that way it's good for the traffic. Uh, we're also going to be putting out new traffic signals that way it can withstand the increase in traffic volume out there. So a very large project and we're really excited about it. So residents will be able to, to see some changes uh, pretty quickly. We hope so. It all depends <laughs> on the economy and materials. Yeah. But yes, hopefully yeah, this, this construction season we'll see some out there. Right now it's just farmland and it's across the street from Jackson Technology Park, which has Technique, a um, couple other uh, businesses, TAC, uh, and these 
businesses actually are going to benefit as well from your project because I've been told a lot of people ride their bikes or walk to work at TAC and Technique. Yeah, I've been at JCDOT for about six years now and, and one of my first meetings with the township was how can we get sidewalks in there? So um, through this grant we're able to get those sidewalks so the residents and uh, Technique and TAC were huge um, uh, people requesting those sidewalks. So we're excited to get those in for the area. So this new project is uh, 140 acres and it's shovel ready, Charlie. What does it take to get 140 acres shovel ready? <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically providing all the infrastructure for a business just to move in and then just start developing their own warehouses. So we wanna make sure that we have the roadway set up for them to have easy access, have all the utilities, so they have storm sewer, sanitary sewer, water main, and then when we're doing this project, we're working with utility companies to relocate any fiber or telephone lines, and they jump in on the opportunity to help supply those new businesses too in the same process. Do you actually have to build a road? Because right now, I think the only access to the park would be from County Farm Road. Yep. And it will only be the access point from County Farm. But okay. yeah, we're building the, the brand new road. Um, it'll be cul-de-sac at the end. Yep. There'll be a, a drainage pond in the back there. So mm -hmm. all the storm water will go in there and it'll be ready. How many uh, potential sites available or does that kind of depend on who is interested in the property? Yeah, yeah it's basically who's interested. It's parceled off into 10 lots. Okay. So um, I don't think they have I guess I don't want to speak for, for Debbie on who's all interested on it, but you have the 10 lots and it can, they can be merged into multi, uh, to one single mm -hmm. lot or uh, divided into even further ones, so yeah. But yeah. anyone interested, the EDA, they do have this pamphlet down at their office they can pick up and, they, and Debbie, or she'll be here, went Thursday, yeah. can so answer any of those questions. It's a about big pamphlet. I know, big. it's very nice. Yeah, they've done a lot of work. Yeah. And, Putting all this together, uh, we've got the township, the state, the enterprise group, uh, federal government, uh, JDOT, consumers, there's so many pieces. Partners. How complicated was, the, I guess, the joining of all these forces to make this happen? You know, it wasn't as hard as you'd think. Uh, once you go through a grant submittal process, they're all pretty much the same. So working with, it was the Chicago EDA office that we worked with uh, and submitted through. And they had a very organized uh, website, helpful tool kit is what they called it yep. on their site. So there's templates and our engineering team having worked through all the MDOT projects, it was, it was a breeze for them. Um, everyone was good partners. Uh, the, the utilities have worked with us um, and done all the, the moves that we need. Uh, yeah, it's, it's always a, a logistical issue trying to relocate utilities because everybody's in this narrow 66 foot right away and we're all trying to use the roadway mm -hmm. for either traveling drainage or you know your utilities themselves gas uh, storm sewer um, sanitary and all that so it's it's a lot of coordinating and it's a lot of compromising too so I'll move this if you can move that over there so uh, how nice is it though with the uh, park across the street to be able to look at while all yeah. this is going on. I, I assume that's got to help all, everyone involved. Yeah, yeah, it does. I do need to give a shout out to the businesses and residents that worked with us on easements. Uh, typically that can be a game sure. stopper in a project. And 
it was pretty effortlessly that we went through that um, and worked on everything and got signatures and um, purchased right-of-ways for that project. So that was a smooth process that could have been chaotic. Right. So anyone that worked out there with us on that, we thank you. I was in Atlantic City one time and uh, there was a holdout of this oh, yeah. house that would not <laughs> sell next to this casino. And uh, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. But you, you see that all around, and mm -hmm. the, those are those are realistic things that potentially you guys could have to deal yeah. with. Right? <laughs> yeah. So. Well, you've seen the sidewalks or trails go around around houses. Around yeah. houses. Yeah. Yeah. So the um, EG hopes by November someone could start construction of their plant. What's your timeline? So our road, the road into it, won't. Because it's getting started so late, we have a deadline to have the gravel surface portion of the road built by Memorial Day. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyone that purchases and develops, we'll work with them to get construction access so they can, they can start whenever they work through the process with the township and the EDA. We'll make sure they can start. Now you mentioned Debbie, that's Debbie Kelly, Vice yes. President of the EG, who will be here later this week. And she'll, I'm sure, give us uh, an indication of what kind of interest there is already in this. But we know mm -hmm. that the park is being built because we've just had this demand. Yeah. Even Technique, I think mm -hmm. they might want to build across the street. They're, they're bursting at the seams too, so. Yeah, who knows, it's, just, it's a, a great opportunity and it's really, uh, it's, it's a great part of Jackson County and it's, talk about uh, the improvements to that side of town, you know, over the few years, um, but really, I mean, residents have to be pretty happy with what's going on. Oh yeah, I think they're really excited for the sidewalks themselves, just yeah. being able to go out there and, and walk down the road and the industry, they're pretty excited with uh, the different subdivisions that utilize um, the sidewalk to get to the businesses yes. where they're going to be working at. So, you know, even when we're out there, we're doing all of our surveying and working, you see a lot of people walking on the shoulder of the road and traffic's flying by at 55 right. miles an hour. And you're yeah. Just like, Will the speed limit change? Because it's a pretty fast stretch right now. No, it won't change, but we'll be adding a signal at the intersection mm -hmm. of Technology Drive so that'll help, you know, reduce control. speeds yeah. and control it. Now the uh, shovel uh, turning ceremony uh, actual groundbreaking tomorrow afternoon at 3.30 when it's expected to be 100 degrees. So uh, should people wear... Um, I think bring an umbrella, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are you going to have refreshments? I'm not sure what Debbie's going to have I, out there, but I, they are putting up a tent uh, to have yeah. out there. there should yeah. Be. Yeah. I'm sure we'll, they'll we'll have some We'll get a hold of Debbie and make <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> and the public's invited. They can come watch. Oh, yeah. Yep. Sure. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks to uh, JC Dot for working on this uh, project to uh, help our uh, economy and our community. Appreciate you having us here. Thank you, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Charlie Briner, project manager with JC Dot and director of JC Dot, Angel Klein. More of the morning show in just a moment. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together.
Don't miss the 2022 Juneteenth celebration, and it is happening right here in Jackson, in downtown Jackson, this Friday and Saturday, June 17th and 18th. On Friday, local law enforcement and community leaders will have a social justice and criminal justice reform panel discussion. That's at the Michigan Theater at 10 a.m. On Friday evening, a Black History stage play, 1619, Welcome to America. That happens at the Michigan Theater, doors open at 6, and on Saturday at 2 p.m. downtown at True Community City Square, there'll be a resource fair, job fair, and kids zone along with music. Should be a great event. Joining us now is Executive Director of Habitat for Humanity Jackson, Wendy Clow. Hi, Wendy. Hi. Hey. Hi, how are you? Good. Good. Big week last week. It was. It what was happened? a real big week. Um, we did a home dedication for our last two, our most recent two completed houses. Um, these are the two on West Franklin behind uh, the YMCA. That was the most popular story on our website in like the last 40 days. It's amazing the amount of people that reacted to that and uh, really I think we're moved by it. So what I noticed yesterday, I didn't see it until yesterday, that um, Habitat International, our home office, picked it up and published it on their social media awesome. stuff as well. So that's pretty cool when you know, they've got um, a couple thousand local affiliates that, um, that are out there in, in the country and they picked up your story about our, our event. So that was pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. It's neat <coughs> to see the actual families that are mm -hmm. going to be moving into these homes. And they... Uh, are probably uh, the most excited uh, mm -hmm. people at this uh, groundbreaking and quite willing to share that this is, mm -hmm. you know, part of their, uh, yeah. the, the results of a lot of their hard the work. The two that you see on the screen right now are the two homeowners, the two different home buyers, and they are um, buying houses right next door to each other. That's cool. <coughs> so they helped to, uh, they, they worked on each other's houses as they were being built, and they've been uh, just kind of following along the whole process together and so uh, they've been you know they're gonna be neighbors they're becoming friends um, and the next two houses that are going up beside it those home buyers have also been helping so the four of them are getting That's to awesome. know each other already and they're gonna be neighbors for a long time and the purchasers <laughs> um, they do put in a mm -hmm. minimum of 300 hours mm -hmm. and that's a lot of work yeah, volunteer yeah, time so uh -huh. uh, you're literally building your own house yes they they are and they both of these well I think all four yeah almost three of the four of these buyers are all single parents okay. and they have one or two jobs and then they also have to fit in 300 hours <coughs> excuse me of volunteer time where uh, some of those, or quite a few of those should be helping to build their own house and supporting the volunteers that are mm -hmm. working on their houses. So they're very fully invested um, in, in their home ownership. One of the questions that was uh, popping up in the social media response was, how do I get one of these houses? <laughs> <laughs> Our phones have been ringing a little bit more this week. Um, yeah, so uh, we, th it's a long process, and we mm -hmm. talked a little bit about that on, on the dedication ceremony, but th both LaToya and Jamie, who are buying these two houses, have been working with us for nearly two years. They started out um, doing 
um, financial counseling so that they could become ready to be a homeowner. I mean, it just, it's a whole different thing to be a homeowner versus being a renter. Mm -hmm. And um, there's just, a, there's a lot of education and a lot of coaching that we do ahead of time prior to even getting them matched up with what could be their house. And so then when they're finally ready, then it could take another year or eight months, 10 months, whatever uh, it, it is to actually build the house. So they work through all of that all is, that time. Is there a, uh, an application process that people go through on, mm -hmm. online to, yeah. to, to be considered? We do have the application online, but it's not fillable online right now, yeah. so you would have to print it out and bring it in. We, we kind of prefer that anyway because mm -hmm. we like to be able to talk to them before they enter the program because people don't understand uh, what it takes to become a Habitat homebuyer. Home so we like to sit down and do some uh, sort of an orientation with them and explain what the process is. And uh, there are income guideline qualifications, so you have to be under a certain income for your household. And so that's the first thing that we, that we look at to, to qualify someone. And then if they qualify that way, then uh, we can start them through the process. Now, this is the second home in the DeLand Project neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, talk a little bit about what that neighborhood is. Mm -hmm. It's um, a series of lots that were vacant for a while after the city demolished some blighted homes that were there. And the city was very interested in making sure that they put up new affordable homes in that area. So we worked with them on that. Um, prior to COVID, the, pro the project was gonna be quite a bit more extensive and um, we've scaled it back to be, it's gonna be fewer homes on it, but mm -hmm. that's okay, it's still a big impact yeah. for the community. Um, a lot of that had to do with price, prices for construction and the infrastructure that it would have taken for what we had planned before. But, um, but yeah, so there's four houses there on West Franklin that will be, uh, we call it the Deland or Deland, depending on how you say it, um, because of the historical significance of that area from the Deland family. Yeah, the uh, Deland Point, one of the historical uh, locations in Jackson where the Underground Railroad operated. Mm -hmm. And luckily we have uh, Linda Haas in the mm -hmm. Jackson County, Michigan Historical Society who's really unearthed this history that was hidden for yes. so long. Yes, yeah, it's actually one of our prior board members that came up with that's what we should call the, the project because she did that research and figured out that that's where that homestead was. And then when uh, we published that that's what we were gonna call it, Linda, it, she picked up on it and she called us and, and, uh, and took off running with it. So we're pretty proud of that actually, yeah. Do you already have uh, the next two homeowners selected? We do, yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> They've been working hard. They've actually, uh, the one that's going in right next door to right, you know, right next to the, the second one is gonna be owned by a single father of five children. Oh, wow. And he has been extremely engaged, super excited. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna be talking to him this afternoon because we're talking about some next steps. But he's been out working on these other two houses as much as oh, he could. Wow. Yeah, he's already, he's probably already got his, his sweat equity <laughs> requirements done because he's that excited about it, yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. A lot of volunteers besides the homeowners participate in these builds. Yeah, I mean, we with these two, we did, we called it a blitz build last year. Mm -hmm. I was here talking about that then uh, last August. And uh, we had nearly 150 volunteers throughout the week putting up the walls and actually getting the house framed in, uh, both of the houses framed in. So the, wall, uh, the houses went from foundation to fully enclosed homes in a week, That's two of amazing. them. Um, and then from then until now, we've been using our regular volunteer crews as well as some groups from companies that have come out and, and help 
to get it finished. It's going to be nice. The neighborhood really is changing in mm -hmm. addition to those new homes. Yes. The Y building across the street, mm -hmm. and there have been several other uh, homes that have either been improved or uh, built from scratch yeah. in that Partnership Park, the Land yeah. Point area. Yeah, and that's really important because um, you know the further out we can, you know, from downtown that we can extend uh, the good things, you know, the bringing up the neighborhoods and. Um, creating stability and housing in those areas, the the better it's going to be for everybody living, you know, living there. There's, yeah. you know, probably a, a good mix of rentals and and home ownership in that in that area. But um, I think that the 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 people that own their homes, they take pride in their mm -hmm. houses and they take pride in their neighborhood and they're coming together. And it just it really does bring everything up. Yeah, and you notice when uh, when new things get built, um, everyone does a better job of taking care yes. of their own and you've really noticed that in that neighborhood. So it's coming along really well. Yeah, yeah. And Wendy's husband, uh, Scott Clow is the Grand Marshal of the Rose Parade. That's right, I yeah. didn't recognize him. <laughs> <laughs> did he, uh, did that go to his head? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's kind of immune to that at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he enjoys uh, he enjoys entertaining, and <laughs> that's that what fun. that's what he does best. <laughs> we appreciate all the work you've done on this project, and I know in addition to the two years the homeowners have been involved, it goes mm -hmm. back even further, mm -hmm. acquiring the land and mm -hmm. getting the grants mm -hmm. and all the work you've done. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Wendy Clout, Executive Director of Habitat for Humanity at Jackson. Believe the hype is coming up next. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. It's now time for a new episode of Believe the Hype with Chris Gianetti, and we go out to the 4th Street Learning Center. Good morning, my name is Christian Eddy and I'm the JPS Assistant Superintendent of Communications and today I am here with science teacher at 4th Street, Jen Coppin. Hi Jen. Hi. So Jen, how long have you worked with JPS? I've been here six years, wow. plus my student teaching. So, so you started right here seven. out of school? Yes, I did. Yeah. And what made you choose JPS? Uh, well, I, I loved my student teaching experience. I got to work in both alternative schools that were here at the time, and that was kind of what I had wanted to do with teaching anyway. So when the teacher I worked with in my student teaching moved away, I just moved right into her spot, and it was kind of perfect. So, so what is 4th Street? 4th Street is our alternative middle school program and it's a program for students who are challenged in a traditional classroom. So smaller class sizes, more one-on-one -on -one time with teachers, uh, a little bit of a different approach to learning and more of a whole child approach. So we're working on social and emotional skills, not just academics. How many students are at 4th Street then? I think right now it's around 47. Okay, so. and that's located right here in Parkside, right? It is, yeah. It's just two hallways at the end of the building, so we have all the same access to things at Parkside. That's great. Now, I understand you're a gardener. 
Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's one of my passions outside of teaching, um, and I've included it in a lot of my teaching. Yeah, so tell me, I, I understand you applied for a grant. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, actually, I, they cut out some of the work for me. I didn't have to apply for the grant. Someone else had already gotten it, and they were looking for partners to share that with. So the grant is from the Michigan Health Endowment Fund, and it was given to Vista Grand Villas, which is a local retirement community. So the, the plan with the grant is to set up garden hubs around the city to distribute food to those who are living in food deserts or in isolation, so elderly people and youth specifically that have food insecurity. So what will happen with this grant? Like, what does it provide for you? It's so exciting. I can't not <laughs> smile. I just love that you're not <laughs> smiling. Yeah. Um, so they're going to build two new greenhouses at the school right outside of 4th Street and some raised beds outside of that. And it'll end up, once we get it going, it'll provide food for 80 people in this area and we'll distribute fresh produce to those people every week. Now, will there be volunteers at the school? Yes, so that's part of what the program will provide is they'll bring folks that are living at Vista Grand Villas to work with the students. So we have an intergenerational approach to solving the problem. And then we'll also hopefully recruit some elementary students to come and work with our middle school students as well. What kinds of things would we be growing? Vegetables? Yes, mostly vegetables. Um, we're going to have a cut flower garden too. We're hoping to be able to include a bouquet of flowers occasionally with the food, but it'll be greens uh, in the springtime, greens, radishes, things like that that come up first. And then um, we'll move on to stuff like tomatoes and strawberries. And um, my students have been interested in African food lately. So we're talking about growing okra and sweet potatoes and some other things like that. Will you incorporate some uh, teaching uh, units on what to do with the food and how to cook it? Absolutely, yeah. We're hoping to have a lot of workshops at the garden and at other locations, uh, as well as field trips with the students. Last year we went to a farm and we learned some of how they process food there, so we want to do some things like that again too. Now tell me, in your teaching at, at Forest Street, what other things do you go over with kids? Because I know you do some crazy experiments too. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Today, we talked about elephant toothpaste before. We're doing that today. So, so tell me about that again. Oh, now, that's it's so fun. It's, um, it's a chemical reaction, an exciting chemical reaction. You mix hydrogen peroxide with food coloring and soap and a little bit of yeast, like baker's yeast. And the hydrogen peroxide attacks the cells in the yeast, and then the soap creates like a foaming effect. So you get this really huge fountain-y kind of explosion of foam. So it's not really toothpaste, but it looks kind of like giant toothpaste. So we were reading about elephants today, even though it doesn't have anything to do really with elephants in real life. <laughs> you know, but a good good example of a, an experiment. So I, you sure. know, I, I guess in, in your in your world, you are really interested in making sure that students get interested in science too. Yes, so that's one of the main things that we focus on at 4th Street is just getting kids to love school again. Because a lot of them have missed school or they haven't had a good experience. Um, so just getting them to feel included and excited about learning is step one. So in your experience with JPS as, a, as a, a teacher, you know, we're always doing hiring. So what, what are your thoughts about being a teacher here and would you recommend that someone uh, work for JPS? 
Great question. So yeah, I, what I love the most about it is the people that I work with and the students that I work with. I mean, they're people. So yeah. <laughs> I'm a people person and that's really what it's all about. Um, I, we have a great support staff and a great team over at 4th Street and every, everywhere else too, but um, I, I really love the people. That's, that's really what keeps me here. So as a teacher at 4th Street, you know, I, I know that you're dealing with a population of students who have fallen out of love with school mm -hmm. or have met some challenges. For parents who are dealing with that, um, you know, what are some, what's some advice that you have to, to kind of support them? Oh, um, call us, reach out and uh, not all, I think we, we've all made an effort, not just at 4th Street, but everywhere to make more positive contacts with families. And um, so answer the phone, you know, it's not always a bad call. <laughs> and I know sometimes we get that like, what do you do now? And yeah. it's like, everything's fine. <laughs> just um, checking in. Yeah, so that, that too, just more checking in, but parent, we need parents to do the same for us. So um, I think a lot of parents also have had you know, fallen out of love with school maybe through mm -hmm. their own experience. So they have some of the same feelings and it, getting them to feel welcome in the school is really important to us as, as well. So I want and them to know that. What do the kids do for fun at 4th Street? Oh my gosh, we're doing a lot for fun. So um, <clears throat> other than amazing science experiments, uh, <laughs> we have kind of a point reward system and kids can earn rewards for Fun Friday and we do some different activities on Fridays with art and things like that. Um, we have a smaller number of classes at 4th Street so they don't really get to have an art class so that's something a lot of kids like to do. We play a lot of games, a lot of learning games and uh, there's a lot of, um, they, they get a lot of time to socialize, I, at least in my class, I try to plan that in there just because it's such a important part of learning, you know, playing and talking t with each other. Um, so I think a lot of kids come over there and they're like, oh, I thought, I thought this was going to be really bad, but I like it better here. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a very we're trying to meet them where they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, that, and that's a good point. Trying to meet them where they are, right? And and I think that that's one of the important things that we've learned about education in general is just that the, not everybody comes to the table with the same, you know, the same uh, resources or mm -hmm. support, or you know. And sometimes it's not even that. It's just who they are. I mean, it's just kind of where they are at right now at this time in their life that they yeah. need a different kind of support. So yeah. I am grateful at JPS that we do have forestry and Jackson Pathways for other opportunities for learning for the kids who may not fit in the traditional classroom, mm -hmm. but certainly fit into learning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. anyone can learn. Right. You just yes. have to be willing and find a find an interest, you know? Yeah, I think um, that's I really like important. That. Yep, Very I agree. Important. So uh, aside from all of that, and you love working at Jackson Public Schools, is there anything else that you would tell the community about Jackson Public Schools that they need to know? Gosh, I, I just feel like if there's something that you need, you just have to ask. And we have a lot of resources, untapped resources, um, great social worker teams at both schools that I'm involved with. Um, and we work closely with DHHS. There's just, there are a lot of resources through the school that I don't know if families necessarily know about. Um, so as far as that goes, uh, ask, ask, ask. Yeah, I think that's really <laughs> important is that it, people would be surprised how much support can be at the school if, if they ask for it or, you know, at least seek, seek the information. Well, thank you very much for interviewing with me today. It's been exciting to hear what you are doing. I'm very excited yeah. for this garden. So uh, as it progresses, we'll show some of the, the yes. work that's being done. And, well, now, will you guys help build those greenhouses or? Yeah, okay, yeah so you can we'll do be that a part, part of too. it. Yep. Great, great. Absolutely. Well, we look forward to seeing that. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to The Morning Show. Oh, looking for a way to pick up some uh, extra cash this summer? You know it. $2,000 being offered to homeowners by a pest control company. Uh, they want to um, infest your home with 100 cockroaches, oh. and they um, are going to test out new methods of getting rid of infestations. Oh. And the trial lasts for 30 days. <laughs> Two grand? <laughs> Two grand. And you can't try to kill him yourself. Well, do you have to live there? You or could you move into your vacation? Home? I don't know. This is a job for the wealthy. Yeah. So $2,000 for 30 days of having 100 cockroaches in your house. And if it works, that's great. They go away. And if they don't work, they say, well, we'll come. We've got plan B. What's the difference between a cockroach and a roach? I don't know. Because I've seen a roach. Thing. Remember when we saw that roach? These are American cockroaches, and okay. I guess there's different ones. But We were out company. to dinner one time, not here, not even in the state of Michigan, and uh, there was a roach in my Aunt Carolyn's meal. Do you remember that? I'd never seen a, like a, ro a roach. In a meal. Roach. Roach in a meal. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, cockroach. Mm. Terrible stuff. The restaurant... Uh, victim of the pandemic in, um, let's see, where is this? Hong Kong, a restaurant in Hong Kong. It's a floating restaurant. That sounds nice. So it uh, went out of business. Jumbo Floating Restaurant is the name of it, great name. So it went out of business, so it, they just towed it away. I've got a better question, <laughs> Brandon. Who can afford those boats? Do you have any friends that can afford one of those? I mean, I have a couple. I have a couple, but they don't have the boats. I need to know where all this money's coming from. Who do you know anyone? That's, I know a couple people with. Couple I know some boats. people with boats. Yeah, but I don't. I mean, there's just there's twenty million million dollar boats out there. Who the heck owns them? Oh, I know. If you go to like Charlevoix or yeah. uh, where are all these boats? Who? Unbelievable. Whose boats are these? Chicago money. Chicago money. The mob. Chicago money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, uh, don't forget, there's still time to sign up for the Al Glick Youth Football Camp. So uh, sign up. We're going to be at that on Saturday. It's going to be a great event. We'll have highlights, photo galleries, and interviews. Um, so check out our website for that. Tomorrow on The Morning Show, a lineup of wonderful guests, as well as today, later. Hope you get to tune in. <laughs> we'll see you this afternoon. Happy Flag Day. <laughs>